This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning with Jamie Litt and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We'll have the high school fan zone tonight at 7 on 100.7. The score coaches from Coronado and Estacado come in and pay a visit. Uh, the Lubbock Cooper Pirates really put it on the Mustangs on Friday night. 35-2 to two was the final. Just yeah. a... A whooping uh, there, Jamie. I, I figured that that Cooper would get the win there, but I, I thought Coronado would give him a good game, the one that could really go either way. But, man, you can see that, you know, Cooper, after a little bit of a stumble early on there, I mean, they played really well against Ryder before their bye, and then mm-hmm. they came back from the bye, and I'm sure that helped having two weeks to prepare for that game against Coronado. Well, meanwhile, Coronado was playing uh, the previous week. That probably helped a little bit, but uh, that was impressive for Cooper. And then uh, Estacado, uh, they'll be in at uh, 7.30. Uh, Coach William Blaylock, his team uh, went to Sweetwater and won 49-14 to to push their record to 5-1 uh, and one on the season. Coronado with the loss dropped to 2-4 and four on the year. And, and get this, uh, it, it, goes, it goes quickly. Uh, only four more weeks of the regular season for high school football. Mm, crazy. Yeah, crazy. And... And the other thing is, is that you're halfway through your home schedule uh, for Texas Tech. So uh, you've got uh, six home games. You've played three of your six so far. Uh, this week, uh, Red Raiders will play at Baylor. We'll get to the Baylor comeback um, this morning. But um, we'll have uh, coverage for you all day Saturday here on Double T 97.3 as we get you ready for a, a kick uh, in the evening against uh, the Baylor Bears on Saturday. But yeah, crazy how uh, how quickly it goes by. Uh, one of the luminaries that I saw in town this weekend, uh, Jamie, uh, was yesterday at the grocery store and uh, ran into none other than our friend Dan in Dallas um, mm, cool. at the grocery store yesterday. Um, he still does not have his uh, K-State situation uh, resolved with his uh, lucky lady as uh, she's got a member of a big birthday party for her boss. And uh, I asked him how that was going. He said, Un- unresolved. Mm-hmm. He said, if you'd like to come over and talk to her for me, that'd be... But I, I, I thought it'd be best for me to stay in my lane on that one. And plus, yeah, that was everybody's busy. situation with their lucky lady is different. Yeah, yeah so... I, I don't know if I'm... I don't know who I would go to for advice on how to treat the lucky lady and what the rules are and all mm-hmm. that. But I know who I wouldn't go to. Me, you, yeah, right. No, yeah, the guy who rings a bell for that's her. Probably, probably, yeah, I'd, I'd probably stay fair. away from that. Probably fair. I also ran into a Morning Drive listener Trent at the grocery store. Trent, okay. Trent, Jeff has a comment for us. Okay, I, you know, unless it's what not to do. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. Yeah, you go yeah there's there's possible some mm-hmm. learning from that. Mm-hmm. Like ask Chuck what he would do, right? And then just do the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one observation from the grocery store, kind of feel like kind of feel like the end is near because you know you'd always hear <clears throat> you know well they got the grocery store music going on you know and you know the elevator music and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> sucks to go to the grocery store and hear music that used to you used to hear at the club and now you hear it at the grocery store. 
I heard uh, Stray Cats rock this town in uh, Ballroom Blitz. Ballroom Blitz. Ballroom Blitz. Ballroom Blitz. And that was usually a big, big song to get get uh, get out on the dance floor with. Oh, was and it? Now, and now I'm looking for chocolate milk, listening to Ballroom Blitz. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like Jamie the End is near. Okay, well, it's been good. You had a good run, man. <laughs> what pleased you the most, aside from the victory, okay, what pleased you the most on Saturday? What pleased me the most? The uh, commitment the, to running the football. Okay. The reception for Coach Leach. Okay. Were, were you worried about it? No. Okay. No. Okay. Just gave me chills, made me feel good about things. Okay. Okay. Yeah, made me feel really happy. Okay. Yeah, I think that nice uh, and warm inside. Okay, and I I think that uh, that they were uh, sh- should have been very uh, pleased with it as well. Yeah, I figured it would be. Yeah, I figured it would be, and uh, I, I I congratulate all the powers that be that um, you know made it happen, and you know kind of let bygones be bygones. Yeah, no, that was so. Uh, that was good. I. And obviously that was that happened a long time ago when they announced they were going to put him in. But mm-hmm. yeah, I had uh, I and I don't know if I'd heard this or thought this or I, I wasn't sure that that they were going to that she that she and her family were going to be on the field. Uh, but uh, that was planned all along. I mean, she was there on on Friday night at the Overton uh, for that event, um, but I didn't know if they were going to go the next day to the stadium and, and be honored mm-hmm. there at halftime. So that was uh, that was cool that they did. All right, so on the field, uh, during the game itself, what, what pleased you? Yeah, I think Jeff was was right, and the commitment to the run game was mm-hmm. good. But I just I just like the balance. I, I don't want to – I'm not sitting here right now and saying that uh, I want them to run the football 98% of the time or anything like that. I'm, I'm not that guy. Okay, so I, I think you've got to use the passing game as well, and I think you um, have talented receivers and a talented quarterback to get that done if your offensive line is able to um, keep the quarterback upright and all that, and I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job. I think we see the benefit of having a more decisive quarterback, one who doesn't hold the balls long. I think that helps the offensive line as well. Um, I, I thought um, just offensive cohesion it, I mean, it looked like uh, uh, we knew what we wanted to do, and that's use the run game. Um, but at the same time, we were willing to attack with, with the passing game, too. So I, I thought it was a great game plan. Uh, Texas Tech ran the ball, had 37 rushing attempts I mean, and 22 uh, passing attempts. Do you guys, and I don't know, I mean, we tend to all think that we're experts at calling plays, right? Mm-hmm. At any point in this game, did you go, Man, uh, we should have run there, or we should have passed there. I just kind of uh, based that on uh, how many times did I stand up and say, "What are we doing?" And I didn't, I didn't do that at all. <laughs> no, there were no, there are no, there were no, what are we doings on Saturday? Man, I am so glad that we don't have a studio audience doing that for us. <laughs> what are we doing, man? Uh, somebody brings up uh, running the ball, and we cleaned up the penalties. Yeah, he had one penalty yeah, that was for, nice too. for five yards, and uh, Houston penalized four times for 47 yards. Now, there were some ones that were declined, but uh, the other thing he did a better job of was um, third down conversions. You were 6 of 11. They were 9 of 15, but a lot of those were in the first half. 
um, because obviously you skunked them in the second half. And your red zone scoring. Every time you were in the red zone, you scored touchdowns. So that's that's uh, that's always important as well. And uh, you know, I know that we really don't want to, you know, talk about this a whole lot, but you punted the ball well. I mean, he punted four times. Austin McNamara did for an average of forty nine point eight yards. No, I mean he played. He, he flipped the field. He did a terrific job. It's yeah. all part of the game. Yeah, he there's nothing wrong with talking about a punter who does well. Mm-hmm. The problem is when he's the only one that does well yeah. in a game. Yeah, that's, that's when you're sitting there shaking your heads. Why are we talking about the punter? Yeah. Because uh, if Austin doesn't have the game he has, that game could be a different story. A mm-hmm. um, couple of notes from uh, after the ball game. Uh, Dadrian Taylor Demerson, he left the game. Um, his back tightened up on him. Uh, they're hopeful that it's nothing more than, um, than, than muscle spasms. And uh, they were really, really pleased with the, with the freshman that came in and played defensively and the young guys that came in defensively. Um, Chapman Lewis, uh, in particular, was brought up by Coach McGuire after the game. He was really proud of, of him. He, he talked about all the guys that came in, the, the freshmen that came in and played, were all mid-year guys, guys that came in in January, went through spring practice, were here the whole summer, and then obviously for the, for the fall. So they were, they were really thrilled um, with that as well. Uh, don't have anything on Mason Tharp. He did leave the game, did not return, so I may get an update on that uh, today with uh, Coach McGuire's press conference. It'll take place at 12.30 today. And they were going to put in Jake Strong uh, there in the in the waiting moments of the game with about four minutes to go, but did not get, uh, did not get him off the field. And so uh, just could not, uh, just wasn't enough time to put him in the ball game there at the end. So that's something that was, uh, was going to take place, but did not. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Get to the Rangers. They lost yesterday. Houston won. Houston's the division champ. Rangers will play in Tampa tomorrow against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, that was a bitter pill to swallow. But uh, the other games from the conference, uh, Texas blew out Kansas 40-14. to It was a tight game early. Oklahoma blew out Iowa State 50-20. to Don't think it was ever really much of a game. And then Baylor. Baylor, your next opponent. And West Virginia, your previous opponent. Uh, very surprising wins, Jamie. Yeah, I did think that UCF would win the game, and obviously when they're up, whatever, 35-7 to in the third quarter, you definitely think they're going to win that game. So kudos to Baylor for that team showing some some heart and life, and obviously UCF must have uh, must have helped them out a little bit. Well, they, there was a – Watching the game, but, man, I bet their crowd was in shock to well, see the, that happen. The crowd was in shock because they, they left the game because they thought it was over. Uh, at least a, a lot of them did. Um you know, there was a there was a big interception that led to a Baylor touchdown. There was a fumble return by Baylor for a touchdown, um, and then there was a missed field goal uh, at the end by UCF after uh, Baylor had uh, had taken the lead with a field goal of their own, and uh, and Baylor ekes out a victory uh, to go to two and three, and UCF drops to three and two. But yeah, when when you're up thirty five to seven and even thirty five to ten. Um, you know, it's uh, it was thirty-five to seven at, after their first possession because UCF got the first possession of the third quarter. Baylor comes back with a field goal, and now you're up thirty-five to ten. You're like, okay, we're well, feeling feeling pretty good. And then Baylor 
gets a touchdown again, gets a two point conversion, and so they uh, they come back and I don't know to me maybe the more shocking win uh, by a Big Twelve team uh, Jamie occurred uh, in Fort Worth with uh, with West Virginia and TCU. Yeah, I don't. I've not thought all along thought TCU was a great, great football team, but I thought they were significantly better than uh, than West Virginia was. And um, you know, kudos to uh, from West Virginia. They just kept battling that game. It felt like the whole time that TCU was kind of in control, and at a certain point, they were just going to pull away. They were going to take care of business, and they just never did. West Virginia just kept fighting and uh, just battling their way through that thing, and. TCU just kept kind of shooting themselves in the foot here, there, and next thing you know, West Virginia has a lead, and and TCU can't make field goals. Well, TCU had two field goals blocked down the stretch, uh, and both of those were after West Virginia took the lead. Um, I mean, they blocked a field goal, and then West Virginia went three and out, and then uh, TCU then goes on a 10-play drive uh, that culminates with a field goal attempt. Uh, Let's see here, with 32 seconds to go, and it was a 55-yarder. I mean, they had they had taken over at the TCU 15 uh, and immediately get a false start. So, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot there, and then they missed a field goal earlier in the game. Uh, they just flat out missed it. But it was it was a long one uh, that they missed. Uh, this was after the game was tied at seven. Uh, their their field goal kicker Griffin Kell missed a 53-yarder. So he missed a 53, a 55, and then he had two blocked. Uh, they'll probably be working on field goals this week. I think they probably do every week. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Uh, West Virginia missed a field goal themselves, but, man, the Mountaineers are 4-1, and one, Jamie. <laughs> Good God. Okay. I thought Good for Neil Brown. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no, doubt, no doubt about it. And this, this next week um, – their next game, they have a bye this week, and they'll next play on Thursday, October the 12th uh, at Houston, and then they have uh, Oklahoma State. So in, in th- they might be favored the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Or or if they're not favored, because they'll play at Houston, probably going to be favored in that game, and then they're at home against Oklahoma State. Got to kind of think they're... I mean, they, they literally could be bowl eligible before the end of October. Yep, I think they could lose both those games, too. Absolutely. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, if, if Donovan plays just, you know, somewhat pedestrian, he'll beat them. Uh, but, you know, you got to uh, you got to play defense, too. So, I don't know, that was, that was, a, that was a shocking score uh, uh, to come across. I did not follow that game at all. I was... You know, obviously at the game and then post game and all that kind of stuff, and just, just I did not, I did not get to that game at all. And then the the Baylor game was what really shocked us. You know, after the game was just the fact that they came back from being down thirty five to uh, thirty five to seven. So uh, just, uh, just, just crazy uh, what uh, what transpired there. Uh, so so Baylor and uh, Texas Tech will be both coming off of off of wins um, on Saturday uh, when those two teams meet. Uh, we get this. Way to go, Texas Tech soccer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get this. Morning, gents. A win is a win. I'll take it. However, was puzzled by all the lateral plays. 
I'm not sure there was a single completion between the numbers, especially with how well Tech ran the ball. Houston's linebackers were stepping forward immediately every snap. Um, between the numbers, I'm trying to think of a ball over the middle, and it's been a lot of, it's been many hours since last Saturday. I can't remember any either, to be honest with you. Um, but no, I, I I didn't have a problem with the the way you were working your offense on Saturday. I felt like you got a lot of different receivers involved. So and and your running backs obviously were were key as well. So how about our man Cameron Valdez? Man, five totes, hundred and six yards. Showed some burst. He was really slick, wasn't he? 54 for his longest gain on the year, on the He's day. Been loving that joke since Saturday, James. Yeah. Which part? Oh, he was really slick. He was really slick. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well done, Chuck. He hates the dad joke, but brings that to the table. <laughs> Somehow I don't think That's courtesy of my out. son-in-law. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, 640. Sorry, my bad. This morning here on the morning I'm drive. I'm talking about Chuck hating the dad joke, not you. Yeah. No, I don't hate dad jokes. I like dad jokes. Plus or minus on some, but it's it's a it's a it's okay. It's all I just like jokes that are funny. That's, I don't care what kind of jokes they are. Just make them funny. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Did you know that's actually Jeff singing? <laughs> Uh, I can believe that he would know the words to that. There was a point in my life I did. <laughs> I know my kids did at some point. I never learned that song. I never did either. Yeah. I never. Now did I learned it from the Animaniacs. I don't know where your kids may have learned it. School. <laughs> There's probably some maniacs there, but if you had nah. if you had to deal with today's youth, I think you'd probably be a maniac. You'd probably be right. Yeah. All those, all those things. All right, uh, Joey McGuire. The or uh, honestly, today's adults. Either one. I don't know which is worse. That's a toss-up. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's a toss-up. Sometimes, uh, man. I had a, I had a strange day Saturday, Jamie. After I left you at uh, Optimum Game Day Live, I uh, my current route or route, depending on how you want to do that, is enter the stadium over there on the southwest corner and then walk over to our seats on the east side and as i was walking on the north end i saw this woman wearing a houston jersey number one and she recognized me and i recognized her and it was donovan smith's mom and so we had we had conversation and had conversation with grandma and grandpa and met his older brother and you know we took a picture together and and moved on okay okay after the game my new route or route is to exit there on the east side at about you know the midway portion and then walk all the way down to university and the sidewalk or into the street because they close it off now it's very nice how they've done this with the, all the construction and um, as i'm walking to the post-game press conference with joey mcguire none other than baron morton's mom was behind me so i had a conversation with her <laughs> okay <laughs> as i was I mean, literally, she was literally walking behind me, and uh, I had conversation with her. And then, as I left the facility 
on uh, on Saturday night after Coach McGuire's comments, and I was going to hustle over to the Overton Hotel and Conference Center for the Double T ninety seven three Coors Light post game show. I ran into these two gentlemen outside and struck up a conversation with them, and it was Taj Brooks's dad. <laughs> oh, great. I said, I said, how how did he get to be so big? Because he was very small. He's very small. And he's like, I I pumped air in his feet, is what he told me. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's what he told me. Yeah. So, speaking of Baron Morton, here is Coach uh, Joey McGuire, because he was asked in the postgame about Morton not taking any uh, snaps with uh, the team or throwing any passes uh, to get ready for that game with Houston. Here's uh, Coach McGuire's response to that. Uh, Kirby told me, um, I'll never forget, you know, he's, he, I was asking him about different people in the building, and the first thing he said, he started talking about our training staff. Um, we're really lucky. We have the best training staff in the country, and we have two team doctors that are here in our building. You know, uh, Dr. Fye starts his day off at 7 o'clock in the morning in this building and uh, then goes, you know, to the hospital. And so uh, those guys, man, did a great job of treating Barron, getting him in a good position to play. Got to throw a little bit in the training room, you know, as he got his range of motion back. Um, and, you know, got in the pool and did a bunch of different stuff. Uh, Jake, that was one thing that I really wanted to try to get him in at the end because, man, he had a really good week and uh, allowed us to keep our timing with everybody. Um, you know, but I didn't have any doubt. Darren, Baron, you know, he it, it was it was a deal like um, if, if we didn't, if we would have thrown him during the week, then there would have been a question, you know, the more and more, um, you know, that we threw him. So it was like, if if we we're starting such a young quarterback that didn't have such a grasp of our offense, then I probably would have had to throw him, and he could have done it. It would have just, um, I think, taxed his his arm, you know, more and more throughout the week. And so he was out there and friggin' moving around. And uh, one thing that I asked him to do because if you go back and you watch the game last week against West Virginia, his feet were really bad. Um, you know, he missed some throws because he was throwing with more arm than feet, and. Um, and so he was able to do that, be behind, and really help Jake and the rest of the offense because our quarterbacks do so much, you know. So he was he was getting everything. And so my mind thought, and Mike's mind thought was, if we didn't have to throw him, and we felt good about him coming into this game, then it was better than going out there and trying to really stress his arm, um, you know. And so. I think it'll feel better this week, and we'll follow that plan and kind of go from there. And, man, I, I was proud of him, man. So that's that was a bit of a, a surprise that um, that came out uh, apparently before the game. I, I did not hear that report, which would have been here on Double T 97.3. Um, and then there, I guess there were others that had commented on this or speculated about this or reported on it um, that, that Barron hadn't thrown during the week. Um, at all, and that Jake Strong had, had for the most part, done most of that work. But well, that, that's good news that Jake got all that work. But it does it did obviously would make you pretty nervous knowing that the guy that you you planned to start and the guy that hadn't been taking the first team reps didn't get any last week either. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's crazy because you think about he threw in the training room. Although, I mean, the training room is it's not like. A real tall ceiling. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It's probably soft tossing at best. Uh, and then I guess now you have to wonder. And a question that I'm sure Coach McGuire will be asked today is, how was Barron after the game? How was he? Mm-hmm. How how was his arm Sunday? How 
how will it be today? And will you, and he just said he would for the most part. And, you know, follow the same kind of routine of, of, um, you know, trying to get his arm loose or limber or whatever it is that's wrong with him, um, set, but, uh, kind of it kind of gives you some concern because we got seven games left mm-hmm. yeah you got seven games left and uh and so you know the the likelihood of seeing jake strong uh at some point in time becomes higher and higher i mean they they were going to try to get him into the ball game uh probably just to kind of get him some reps knowing that they may need him at some point in time but get him you know some live action on the field where it's not friendly fire coming at you, um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that uh, how that works out for the, for uh, for the Red Raiders. But man, it's uh, maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why we didn't see him throwing the ball downfield as much. Maybe the the rollout was easier on his arm, the way that he was at the angle, all those kinds of things. You didn't see him necessarily throwing the flinging it downfield, kind of as, as, as we've seen him do from time to time. Well, I think you're going to see them because of the fact that you've got a true freshman behind him. I think they're going to be careful with him, you know, as far as running the football and taking extra hits. They're going to try to avoid that as much as possible. But I also think that uh, you're going to try to, you know, keep him from – you don't want to take away what he does best, but at the same time you don't want him to just be that complete gunslinger who has no fear of turnovers or anything like that. So that's that's the challenge for Coke. Coach Kitley to work with his skill set and work with his ability to make throws and and make plays and put him in good situations, but at the same time, make sure he's taking care of the football and, and avoiding turnovers as well. Yeah, uh, he. I don't know how many times he ran the ball. Let me let me look at that for you here. He. Uh, let's see. Barron ran the ball four times for a net of ten yards. His longest was seven. That was the one where he dove head first. Um, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you, you do you do get to extend the ball further when you dive head first, but it also exposes you uh, quite a bit as opposed to you know doing the old slide thing. But it worked out for him. Mm-hmm. It worked it worked out for him. And uh, Barron went 14 to 22, 161 yards through a couple of touchdowns. And uh, you know the the one to was it was nice to see. Um, Loic Fungi get one uh, in the end zone, and it was nice to see Miles Price get one too. Both those were uh, really nice plays, really nice catches by a couple of guys that really, really needed them. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was very cool. All right. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Did you uh, lay awake all night thinking about what you were going to ask us today? Um, no, I wouldn't say I laid awake. It's funny when I these these questions or thoughts come to my mind, and sometimes it's you know forty five seconds before mm-hmm. I ask you the question. Other times it's days before. Oh, days. Okay, um, but you just never know. Sure. And and I apologize because this is one that I've asked before. That's okay. I but it's always intriguing and interesting to me to see how things change people's opinions. Are you tracking? I mean, do you kind of make a, a note? Do you have a No, I really don't. That's why I always ask you guys to help me at the beginning and when okay. I, so my question for you today is how how much is after Saturday have you changed at all as far as your mm. thoughts 
your confidence level of this team making a bowl game? Did it affect you in any way, shape, or form? Or was this one, yeah, I think they can win this one, but I still think they're going to come up short of six. And I can understand that response. Um, but I don't remember what you guys said the last time we talked about this. I do remember last week you saying that you still thought this team could win eight games. So um, that would mean just one more loss the yeah. rest of the year. So I don't remember what Jeff said. I didn't say eight wins. Yeah. Um, I said if you didn't win this game, you weren't making a bowl, period. Okay. I, I don't know that I'm ready to say that this team can get bowl eligible yet. You still have a bunch of road games and have yet to prove in the last two years that you're successful on the road. Man, that is that, so that, true. That's the, the big hiccup I have right now. A lot can change this week with that. Because at the beginning of the year, I didn't have Baylor as a win. I was worried about Baylor. You can win this week. But I'm not planting a flag Monday of the week of the Baylor game that this is a cakewalk on Saturday. Yeah, so you still have three home games, right? But the odds of winning all three of them with K-State being the next one is not great. But you have K-State, TCU, and and UCF. And um, I, I think... As of right now, I would look at two of those as being wins. Okay, so that means you've got to get two road wins somewhere along the way, and you've got one in the Joey McGuire era. Yeah. Which you're you're obviously concerned about the K State game, right? Oh sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's I think that's fair. Um, Again, notice I didn't count that as a win. No, I know. I noticed. I know. I noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, no, I. I think I feel. I, here's. I guess here's where my question is. After hearing that Baron Morton didn't throw it all last week to the team, okay, and I get where Coach McGuire's coming from, just from the standpoint of, look, it's not like he'd never done that. So it's like they had a lot of confidence in his. He knows the plays. He knows the players. But still, I mean, you got timing with receivers and things like that. I mean, sure. I'm not sure you can go through the whole season of, and, and you may have to, um, depending on whatever the issue is with his arm. You may you may have to, and at some point in time, that's that's probably going to catch up with you. The other thing is, maybe at some point in time that that injury could get worse, uh, that would prevent him from playing. Um, still, at the end of the day. I I think you I think you can win uh, four more games, um, but man, I, th- I think you got to win this game at Baylor on Saturday, because uh, and I think I feel better about the TCU game, you know, I, even though I already had that as a win, you know, after they lost to West Virginia, mm-hmm. I think I feel even even better about that. But then they could say, well, or for a couple of plays here or there, we would have won that game. Well, sure, ifs and buts, all that kind of stuff. Well, we could say the same thing about West Absolutely. Virginia. Absolutely, we could say the same thing. And so, Wyoming. And mm-hmm, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I will tell you this. Put me down for seven at this point in time. Because okay. I think you've got a, a dinged-up quarterback. So I'm going to come back. I'll, I'm going to come off a game. Okay. Um, I, I still think you're a, a bowl team. So I, I was still in the going to make a bowl game category before i don't know that i ever put a number on it uh i think i would probably stop at seven at this point um but i'm 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 not saying you can't be kansas state uh you've got to play a really complete football game but 
you know, I was really encouraged by a lot of things on Saturday, and uh, one of them was just the fact that, you know, I, I told you guys last week, I felt like you'd kind of hit rock bottom uh, after West Virginia. And if the coaching staff wasn't able to figure out, because Coach, Coach McGuire had said, hey, we're, we're self-scouting and we're going to figure out, you got to figure out what you do well. And he specifically said, and running the ball with Taj Brooks is what we do well. Okay, so he said that last week. So I figured it, you know, I assumed, boy, we're going to see more of the run game now. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, maybe it works perfectly, the timing, um, not that you ever wanted it, but the timing of Baron Morton coming in and um, maybe Coach Kitley is saying, okay, we got to control Baron. We got to put him in good situations. And the way we do that is is using the run, leaning on the run game a little bit more heavily than we have. So I, I feel better about your run game right now because I feel like you're going to use it a lot more. Um, I feel like this is the right quarterback for the job. You guys have known I felt that way for a long time. And uh, I just feel like it's all it's all coming together right now. So you were, I mean, far from perfect on Saturday, but I mean, I can't remember the last time you played a game where you felt like, man, all three phases of the ball really helped you win this game. Mm-hmm. Really helped you win. And I know the defense struggled in the first half, but I thought Houston was just, I mean, they just made every third down play they needed to sure. make. and. You just needed to get pressure on Donovan Smith. But I thought you played great in the second half, and so clearly they were a big part of it. I mean, at the beginning of the day, if we had said, oh, you're going to hold Houston to 28, you probably said, okay, well, that's not great, but it's decent, okay? We can win that game. You can win, you can win that game, right. And so um, you hold them to 28, you, you shut them out in the second half, and, and your offense took care of the ball. They didn't turn it over. You saw multiple backs have big days for you. And so I, I, I just feel like it's, it's coming together. I'm not all of a sudden going, okay, we're going nine and three or anything like that. But I feel like I felt all along you were a better team than that one and three record showed. And so I still think you're capable of winning six or seven games this year. Okay. And yes, I am a homer. <laughs> Take your thoughts, your comments this morning here on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. One uh, play that we haven't talked about is the fourth and one where they chose not to give the ball or Donovan not take the ball himself. I thought that was a huge play, a big stop by the Red Raider defense. Maybe the biggest uh, defensive play uh, of the game. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning with... Jeff McGuire and Jamie Lint. I'm Chuck Hines. Come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Talk a little Cowboys. I think Jeff wants to talk some Cowboys, clearly with the Dallas theme. Wow. He catches that one, but he doesn't catch that ice is cold. <laughs> That's good. But, you know, hey. I, it, it takes me sometimes a little bit to warm up. Okay. Yeah. Hey, can I get a 30 second timeout? Sure. Can I? You like to, uh, you always tell people if they had big weekends, they have something they want to tell. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Martin Zabamu, over at Lubbock Christian University. He took down the, uh, or he took the South Central Regional Championship this weekend in men's tennis. Okay. Back to back for Abamu. And he will move on to the ITA Cup, play for a national championship Good coming for him. up in a couple weeks. So. Uh, Martins made it last year, crushing it again this year, won easily in the final 6-2, 6-1 
uh, he's pretty dominant. So he's the master of the slice, Chuck. Can you can you take him down? Can I take Obama down? I continue to tell him that I can, <laughs> and he continues to laugh at me every time I tell him. Okay. So do you think you could return a serve? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. I think I could get a serve back. He's. It's not his serve that's dominant. He's the worst kind of player to play, Chuck, because he doesn't like overpower you with his serve. Mm-hmm. Again, he just slices a lot, so he puts the ball in play, and he just makes you run side to side and hit a hundred balls until you die. Okay. Okay. <laughs> until you die. <laughs> okay. He's the guy we need choice to play. Yes. Yes, he would. Uh, he would probably have a golden set against me, Chuck. Death that that by means a you don't lose a single point when you have a golden set. A golden set. Yeah. Do you ever get one of those golden sets? No, never. Never. Yeah. I make too many unforced errors, but. That's really cool for Obama. Again, second second year for the uh, program over there at LCU. Uh, second year for him to win the regional ITA regional championship, and so he moves on to play for a national title coming up here in a, a couple of weeks. And I don't mean to be. Uh, I'm, I'm asking an honest. This is indoor, right? No, this is outdoor. Outdoor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do they do indoor in the spring? Do they have an indoor program? They do not do, and ten, tennis doesn't really have, it's not like track where you do indoor, indoor and outdoor. outdoor. They're, okay. they're supposed to be outdoor all the time. Now, there may be times where they end up having to play. Because of weather. Indoors because of weather, but gotcha. tennis is, yeah, okay. for the most part, always an outdoor, outdoor sport. at college level. Okay. Yeah. What, uh, Jeff, what stood out to you about the Cowboys yesterday? Two defensive touchdowns. Yes. Mm-hmm. Giving up three, only three points on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, the defense got back to looking like the defense that it was supposed to be, as mm-hmm. opposed to whatever showed up against Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, you still had some red zone struggles early in the game that Dak and the offense need to figure out. It's but, so frustrating. But if you can continue to not turn the ball over, mm-hmm. and your defense can continue to show up like they did in all of the games so far this year but one which is the giant i don't know what the heck i just watched game so far that this team has a chance to be good now can you keep all of that up can you figure out your red zone problems you need to figure it out before sunday night yeah sunday night's a huge game for this team yeah you you can't you can't always rely on the defense to get scores um and you just you just need to be in a position where you do a better job in in inside the twenty. And like I said earlier, they were one of four, and they got their one on on Dak's last you know turn at quarterback. So yeah, just be a little bit more physical in the run game. I feel like that's always important when you're talking about red zone efficiency on offense and having trust in that that run game when you get down there when the field shortens. Clearly, the Cowboys have not done that. And the defense has been really, really good this year, but I'm still waiting for you to play an offense with a pulse. You're going to get one this Sunday night. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon Aubrey uh, kicked the ball well. He uh, had field goals of 23, 23, and 33. Um, Which means he was kicking from? Just outside of the the red red zone. zone. Just outside the red zone. And... Ed Werder reported this. Let me get let me get the story pulled up here. That the Cowboys pulled off a two point conversion from the fifteen yard line, and his belief is that that is the first two point conversion since they moved back the extra point. 
in the history of the National Football League. That was on a fake. It was on a fake. Because like, you've seen two-point conversions from the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he's talking about from where, from 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 the current, um, you know, when they they moved it back, right? They moved back the yeah, you, the, to the yeah, yeah, yeah. moved back the extra point. But he said that's the that's the first time that that has uh, that, that has happened uh, in the history of the National Football League. I, I'm glad it worked. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, it was unimportant in this specific game the way you were playing up to that point. The, the question I have is why? Are you just trying to put something on film that San Francisco has to get ready for? If that's the case, you're getting ready for one point because you'd be kicking it at that point as opposed to them getting ready, practicing a two-point conversion coverage well, from 15 yards out. Well, Mike McCarthy was asked about that in his uh, post-game press conference, and he, he said that the special teams guy had come to him and they had seen something, and... Uh, and they decided they decided to go ahead and and and, and do it. Um, it's kind of like because what what's happened is is that um, they had Brendan Schooler, who's his, his his brother Colin played here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Brendan Schooler goes in motion from the kicker's right before the snap, and then he goes through and tries to block a field goal or an extra point, and um, and the Cowboys thought about a way to beat it. They had a 16-3 to lead. They didn't really go for two, but they wanted to show Dallas's counterpunch to Schooler's edge. He wasn't in motion, but he crashed hard off the edge, leaving that side of the field open. So Brian Anger, the um, cowboy holder and punter, picked up the ball and spun around as Schooler whizzed by him, and they had Chauncey Golston, who's a defensive lineman, wide open for an easy catch and run into the end zone. So it's kind of like... Kenny Perry seeing something on tape versus Houston and going to Joey McGuire and saying, hey, we can get one, and we're going to get one. We're going to get it. We're going to block a punt. It's like the Tuesday conversation that Coach Perry had with Coach McGuire. Same thing with the special teams coach with the Cowboys and, and Mike McCarthy. But would you have done it against Charlton State? Again, it was based on how TCU was, or on how Houston was lined up for the punt and what they were doing. Right, but you needed it against Houston. I don't know that you needed it against the Patriots for the Cowboys. Again, they just they it was it was based on what the Patriots were, how they were lining up. So I don't know that they. My point is, you've given away a play that San Francisco now knows could be coming. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.